Oh, well, good morning, good morning, good morning. Praise the Lord. We're so, so very blessed. Hallelujah. To see each and every one of you here. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. You guys are so precious, so wonderful. And all of you that are watching, praise God. We love that you tuned in and you're a blessing. God is so good. Hey, before I do anything else further today, I just want to, I want to honor a gentleman that uh, is here this morning and today is, today is his birthday and uh, he is 93 years old today. <laughs> yes, amen. And uh, Brother Self is uh, one of my dearest friends. We have been having coffee once a week for 27 years. And uh, we have been, uh, I tell him all the time, when I grow up, I want to be just like him. And uh, he is one of the most amazing guys that I've ever met. He has such a heart uh, for God. He has such a heart. You may not know about him. You know, he's pastored, I don't know how many churches up and down Oregon, Washington, and California here. And uh, just uh, an amazing, amazing guy. And he's all about just reaching one more. He's passed out more tracks. He's passed out more cards for Harvest Bible Church than everybody else combined. Uh, uh, and so he is, uh, he's, he's just, uh, him, him, him and uh, Glenda are very, very precious. That's his daughter. And of course, his wonderful wife that's went to heaven. It was so precious too. And his family is here. And, uh, you know, I'm just honored uh, to be his friend. And we're just blessed that he just, he keeps me fired up. He makes me think, man, I didn't, haven't done nothing for God yet. I got I to I gotta keep going. I got to keep going. You know, he always just puts me to shame. So I, I keep loving him and, and he just keeps encouraging me. So see, I, I look at my age and I go, glory to God, I got a long ways to go. Hallelujah, we can just keep going, you know, because uh, he's, he's still out there. We still meet, we still go. He still gets in the car and we still go and we still share the gospel everywhere we go. So it's, it's, it's a blessing. And uh, Brother Self, I love you. You're a blessing and thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for being my friend. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And thank you for all of your family for honoring him. What a testimony. What a testimony. You guys are precious. Hey, before we receive this morning's offering, we're going to watch a little video because what you guys did this past week was amazing and you don't even know you did it. Okay. Uh, you know, Pamela and I, we went away for our anniversary and so uh, we were over uh, on the beach and stuff and, and then, you know, what happened this week was there was an incredible earthquake in Syria and Turkey. And uh, we have, you know, we have uh, the 10, uh, 1040, uh, which is Matt and, and Julie Beamer. We support them monthly. They're there, they're there. Uh, Keith Hershey with Mutual Faith. He's right there in Lebanon, Syria and all that. And so doing things. And then also uh, Tony Cook, who uh, is connected with a gentleman that's in Turkey. I happen to know that gentleman too. We can't say his name. He's been in Turkey for 20 years behind the scenes doing incredible things. Uh, he's actually in, in you're going to see Antiochian, which is where the center was. That's, that's the old Antioch. You read in the Bible. Okay, that's Antioch, and so you need to understand that. And so God is doing miracle things that are taking place. And so Tony sent us a video because we sent each one of those ten thousand dollars this week, each one. So that's thirty thousand dollars that we sent because they needed to do things and to help and to do stuff. 
And, and thank God we had it. We had it to do and to give and to sow. Uh, and so he, he's, he's teaching at a Bible school in Colorado. And he, he calls me and says, hey, I'm going to send a video. I said, what? He said, I'll just do a video here. My daughter will send it. And, you, and your guy, I'll send it to him and he'll put it up here. I said, so all these technical guys, they did that like and like that. So I'm like, praise the Lord. And uh, so anyways, he wanted to say thank you. So uh, Greg, go ahead and run that video real quick and then I'll come back up. at Harvest Bible Church. Uh, this is Tony Cook, and uh, I want to say how much Lisa and I appreciate you guys. Uh, you've been such great uh, friends and supporters of our ministry over the years, and now uh, you all have undertaken something that is, uh, I can't tell you how much it blesses my heart. Uh, a couple of years ago, Pastor Mark and Pam were with us on a tour uh, in, I think, Greece and Turkey, and as you know, Turkey just had a massively devastating earthquake. And I think I saw 26,000 dead. That probably includes people in Syria also. But um, I have a very good friend that has worked there for more than 20 years. Uh, he's hosted me in the first time in 2002 and second time 2017. And I'm scheduled to go back in uh, this summer uh, with that devastation. I don't know that I'll be in that part of the country, but... Uh, planning to be up north, but uh, your pastor, Pastor Mark, has just indicated to me that you guys are going to be sending a very generous gift uh, to help them recover and rebuild and relief, whatever. I, I don't know exactly what all the needs are, but I know that in the area where this individual lives and works, there is just absolute massive devastation. And, um, you know, Turkey is 99.9% Muslim, and so for there to be a work there, the kind I can't even go into detail about it, but um, just God bless you guys for supporting your church so generously so that your church can step in and help. And I just love Pastor Mark and Pam, and they've had, they have the greatest hearts for people and for ministry. And I just want to thank all the people of Harvest Bible Church because your generosity to your church uh, makes all this possible. God bless you and have a great uh, Sunday today. And I, I got a, a video from Keith Hershey, but it was a different thing. But it, anyways, it was about, uh, you know, they were headed in there taking in blankets and doing something. And, you know, so funny thing about it is what used to take days to get across the border into Syria and Turkey. I mean, it would take days to bribe everybody enough so you could even go in. Uh, he, he just said this over, he said, it only took them 10 minutes to go through 15 checkpoints. They just said, yes, because they had all of these supplies and all of this stuff. And one of the pictures that Tony sent me was a building that on this side of the road was collapsing. And this building was falling. And it was at like a 45 degree angle. And the church where this pastor in Turkey is, it, his building's right here. So it was a really cool thing that the angel just held it up. And I said, well, hopefully they can demolish that building without destroying all the ones across the street. Uh, but it's a massive, like, 10-story building, and his building's down here. And it's, like, hanging. It would be, like, right there and right here, and this building's hanging right here. So it's pretty cool what God can do. But anyways, you know, those checks are all in the mail. And, I, you know, our board, I contacted our board and just said, hey, guys, I have a heart to want to do. And they just said, hey, let's do this. Let's sow. Let's be a blessing. And I think you guys, if you guys heard me say before, there's 16,000 Muslims getting saved every single day. 
and nobody tells you those things because there's a lot of stuff you can't see and you can't do, so there's revival. And also, did you notice, I don't know if you saw on Facebook and everything, but um, the, about the, the college in Ashbury, Kentucky there, Ashbury College in Kentucky, they've had, they, they had a, uh, uh, they had what they call a chapel. It's a Christian college. They had a chapel day on Wednesday and all those kids began to repent and fall on their faces. It's still going today. And thousands of kids have come. Thousands of people have come. I got a friend in Kentucky who went there personally. He's a traveling minister. And there's another college in Ohio that that started happening to. They just decided to do it. To. So there's, there's some things moving and changing and happening around the nations and stuff. Uh, and we know that the Bible says that there's going to be earthquakes there's going to be all kinds of crazy things that are going to happen. But thank God, isn't it amazing that in the midst, God can take something that's terrible and turn around and make it good for the gospel. Because these people who are stopping people from doing anything or won't let you come in, and I've been at those checkpoints, and, and it takes hours, hours just to get through one. And, uh, uh, and now it's like, oh, you're going to help? Come on. We don't care who you are. Just come on and help. And so there's going to be a tremendous blessing there. Amen? Hallelujah. So I just want to th- I thank you because, because of you, we, we were able to, to help and to do and to and immediately sow. And that, that's the thing about it. And, there's, and we have boots on the ground. The cool thing about it is we have boots on the ground that can be able to do it. There's people that are there. They've got a whole group of folks that are ready to go, ready to be dispersed, and, uh, and connections to get it there immediately. The cool thing is, is everything can, you know, and all 100% of this goes, none of these guys that we give to, they don't take it. It's all going to help uh, all of those folks. Amen? So, hey, let's get ready to give and to worship God with our tithes and offerings this morning. Amen? Hallelujah. So I just want you to know, because of your giving, because you guys are awesome, hallelujah, and we want you to continue that, praise God, we believe that 2023 is going to be even better than 2022. Amen? We are that. We're thanking God. So if you need an envelope, go ahead and it's right there in the seat pockets in front of you. And uh, if you know how to give, if you've already set up giving online, it's really easy to give uh, uh, to with even texting and all that. And I still do want to thank you. Praise God. I, I love to give, love to sow. It's just really cool to be able to, to touch their lives. Amen. And all of those ministries we talked about with Tony, we support them monthly and have for years. But it's, it's such a blessing that no matter where you're at in the world, you can help folks. Amen. And the biggest key is there's going to be thousands upon thousands get born again. Hallelujah. Just because of the love of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So let's pray over this offering. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We praise you for your amazing grace. We love you. We just thank you, Father, because you're such a great God. You are so wonderful. Lord, thank you for these amazing folks at Harvest Bible Church. And Father, we thank you that as we bring our tithes, we bring our offerings, we worship you with our giving. Oh, we thank you, Father. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. And so, Lord, we just honor you and thank you that every need is met for us at Harvest Bible Church. And Lord, we thank you that the seed that's sown is going to produce a harvest of people born into the kingdom of God. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Ushers, go ahead. And Miss Leticia is back. Praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, now there you go. Right. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. It's happy Valentine's. Happy Super Bowl. Happy Sunday. <laughs> um, I have a few announcements for you. Um, ladies, our ladies Bible study this Thursday, they are actually starting the book of Revelation. Yeah, so it's going to be an exciting study. Um, Linda leads our ladies Bible study. I absolutely love her and her bell. My, her bell's my favorite. 
She'll get you going on that. <laughs> but it is this Thursday if you are interested, um, and they meet at 9 a.m. So that'll be an exciting study. And, every, and all ladies are welcome. <laughs> um, yams, our young adults ministry will be meeting this Friday. Yeah, amen. Uh, what time, Scott? 630. 6.30 this in the Red Room this Friday. They have a great time, great fellowship. It's just a fun time, and what a way to spend Friday night. So this Friday, 6.30, if you have any questions, you can talk to Scott and Miss Abby with their new little baby. <laughs> And then Saturday, ladies, our ladies' breakfast. Yes, at 9 a.m. What a great time. We have great food, great fellowship. We're going to have our own little Galentines going on that morning. So I encourage you to attend. It'll be a lots of fun. Saturday, 9 a.m. <laughs> and then Sunday is our baby dedication. We have all these new little babies. It is this Sunday, next Sunday, uh, during our service. And it's still time to register. If you have babies five and under that would love to be, uh, that you would love to dedicate, you can go on the Church Center app and you can register right there on our digital bulletin. And then ladies, I know guys, lots of ladies stuff, don't worry. I'm sure your, your time's coming. Ladies, our 55-plus group, you're doing a movie outing. You will be seeing Jesus Revolution at the Stockton Theater, which will be Thursday, March 2nd. The movie is at 11 a.m. You will meet here to carpool together. There is a sign-up with Miss Cecilia. You can um, see her in the lobby if you have any questions, and you can sign up if interested. It will be a great time. You can also go back back to our digital bulletin to review all these announcements on the Church Center app. (laughs) Well, that's it for me. I wish you all an amazing Sunday. (laughs) I I have two more, so praise the Lord for that. Uh, They happen to be uh, kids. Anyways, uh, one is this, just for all of you parents. You know, we always send things home with your kids. And the reason we do is so you can talk to them about what they learned. What I found out is that if you'll talk to your kids immediately after what they've been taught in Sunday school, they'll actually retain it, they'll actually receive it, it'll drop down on the inside of them. But I'm tired of wasting paper if you're not going to do anything with it, but you're still going to do it. So, you know, take this home, grab a hold of it, and and it's it's something that we need to do for them, amen? And then also, we're kind of doubling up this Saturday, but it's because we had to, we didn't have another opportunity. But we have a guy, David Bisbee, who's from Genesis Apologetics, that's going to come in and teach all of our children's church uh, uh, workers and everybody, and if you would like to come too and get involved in that, that's actually going to start at 10 o'clock. It's going to go from 10 o'clock to 3 o'clock, so we'll have lunch. I need you to, there's a sign-up sheet back there. So all of you workers, all you guys that are blessings in that area, you need to sign up back there so I can know that you're coming so I can feed you, okay? So the key is, is that it's a blessing. This is the same guy that's doing the big thing at uh, uh, Jessup University over there. He's going to be teaching the kids. We're all going to be working with him. He's the same, but he's coming over uh, just to be a blessing, just to share with us. And then, of course, in March, he's actually going to come and teach School of the Bible for the adults and then going to go over and teach the kids after that, too. Just because he has a heart. He's been teaching children for many, many years and adults, and so he just has a heart. He wants to get the Word of God out. So it's a tremendous blessing. So he's going to be doing that. He's not preaching to us. He's just going to come in and share uh, concerning the Genesis and concerning what they're doing there about creation. So you guys need to sign up for that, okay? Back there, and especially all of our you know, teachers that are there, all of our wonderful volunteers who are amazing. Amen? Amen. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. <laughs> Hang on to it. To the, we'll get this, okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to dismiss all of the junior high, high school can go. Amen. They're going to get there. So you guys can go ahead and take off. Amen. It'll be good. It'll be okay. Just listen. It'll be good things. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is so, so very, very good. He is. He is. He's so amazing. Everybody say, thank God for the announcements. You know, we have a lot of things happening, a lot of things going on, but because we do, it's because we want the word of God to get out. We want people to be, you know, enjoy it and love and have fellowship, but also we want them to, uh, to grow in the things of God and we want them to finish. Amen? Hallelujah. God, God is an amazing God. He's so wonderful. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me over to John chapter 21, and I want to share uh, some things with you. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had God speak to your heart about some things, and then it just kind of jolts you a little bit. And uh, you realize, okay, well, Lord, what are you trying to get across to me? Or are you trying to get across? Because some things I have to realize, I'm the pastor, so there's certain things that he'll share to me, and I'll say, okay, Lord, first thing I do is I examine my heart. Amen? Hallelujah. And, uh, and then I say, okay, Lord, is this just for me? Is it for the body of Christ? Is it for Harvest Bible Church? What do we need to do? And uh, uh, we had a wonderful week, and so we uh, time to pray, study, and just, just relax and enjoy the things of God. And so uh, I was just sitting there in the chair and meditating, reading, and, and, and reading you know, the Word of God, but also read a couple of books and stuff and things, that just doing and just fellowshipping with the Lord. And all of a sudden... Uh, you know, God just began to write it. And often this, this phrase came into my mind. And I remember where this is at. And I thought, oh my gosh, what did I do now? Am I not doing something right? Because this phrase, and this is the title of the message this morning, is, is do you love me? That's a loaded question. Even if we got out Valentine's Day. You know, if your wife says, do you love me? It's like, oh my gosh, what did I forget? <laughs> Hallelujah. What, what happened right now? Is it not anniversary? What is, this? what is it? Did I forget to do something? You know, but when God asks you, do you love me? There's a response and there's things. But how many remember in, in John chapter 20 or 21, excuse me, uh, Peter, Jesus asked Peter a question. Of course, Peter answered it totally different than what the Lord said. And that's my message to you. This I'm going to share something that's just, uh, you know, the Lord began to download and unload and begin to share with me some things about where we're at in the world and what we need to do as the body of Christ. And, uh, you know, it can get uncomfortable when you have to stand for truth. But I'd rather stand, you know, uh, uh, you know, with the truth, you know, than fall with the lies. Amen. I'd rather be like Noah and be a minority going into the boat, but come out the majority, okay? Uh, you know, that's the thing about it. But here in John chapter 20, and I'm going to read a lot of scriptures to you because I'm going to let the word of God speak for itself and let the word of God talk to you this morning. Because it's, the question is, do you really love me? And what does it mean to love God? Or what does it mean to love Jesus? What did Jesus say through the word of God? Of When you love him, there are things that we do. You know, many people say, well, I love God. But then you watch their lives and you go, wow. Um, you know, it has no effect. Your love for God and God's love for you is not doing anything in your life. Thank you for your overwhelming response. I know I got your attention right now. God got my attention because when he said that to me, I, the first thing I thought was this, you know, because I, I, you know, I started, well, anyways, let's just go right here. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. So, uh, you know, glory to God. So anyways, 
Let's look at this in verse 14. He said, this is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to the disciples after that he was risen from the dead. And so when they had dined, Jesus said unto Peter, or Simon Peter, he said, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou these more than, you know, do you love thou me more than these? And he said unto him, yea, Lord, you know that I love thee. And he said unto him, feed my lambs. And then he said unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, love thou me. And he said unto him, Lord, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he said unto him, feed my sheep. Then he said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, do you lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved because he had said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I I love thee, Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. Now we know that when Jesus said, Peter, do you agape me? Peter, you, know, you know, Peter turned around and said, Lord, you know I phileo you. Jesus said, do you agape me? And Peter said, I phileo you, which means I like you. You're, I have a brotherly love for you. I don't have the God kind of love. I don't have the unconditional love. I don't have that kind of thing, but I like you. You know I like you. You know I'm here. I like you. You know? And then if into the third time, Jesus said, hey, Peter, do you phileo me? And Peter said, Lord, you know I phileo you. Amen? And when we see this, now go with me, if you would, over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. I want to read this to you because I'm standing up here because I want to share truth with you that's going to make you have to stand for the things of God and you got to examine yourself. Do I really love him? Amen. And you got to ask yourself, do I really? Am I really? Am I doing by my actions and what I'm doing? You know, as a pastor, sometimes you got you to bring your green beans. You got to bring the spinach. You know, you got you to bring the, the stuff that nobody likes. You know, and uh, I mean, I like steak and I like things that are nice, you know, but sometimes you just got to eat your potatoes and you got to eat your, uh, you know, vegetables, some vegetable things. So this is going to be things, it's going to be a vegetable sermon this morning. It's going to make you, it's going to be hard going down, but you need to get it, okay? And we're going to try to make a spoonful of sugar help the medicine go down, okay? Because here it is in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse, verse 1 says this, and I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with an excellency of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Listen, our faith cannot be in the wisdom of this world. Because the wisdom of this world is foolishness compared to the things of God. You know, we're learning all kinds of stuff and you're learning all kinds of stuff about, you know, it, well, God created the earth in six days. That's really hard for people to understand. For years, you know, we've tried to logically look at things instead of walking by faith. But the key is, is that he said this, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And then Romans chapter one, don't turn but I'm just going to quote you. Romans chapter one, verse 16, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God, hallelujah, unto the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Amen. Because verse 17 says, for therein is the righteousness, you know, of God revealed by faith, saying that the just shall live by faith. Amen. So he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, you know, because it is the power of God. 
so that our faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. It's got to stand in the gospel. It's got to stand in the word of God. And, and yet we see so many people, we see so many things. There has been so much deception coming through and down the pikes of all things about, oh, well, we've got to try to make friends with the world. We've got to try to, this has got to be okay here. It's got to be this. No, the word of God, hallelujah, has to stand. Amen. You know, John said this in our Jesus said this actually in John chapter 14 and verse 15. He said, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. Amen. Now we know the 10 commandments. We know what in the new Testament he talks about the commandment of love, but I want to read to you. I'm going to read to you out of the new living transit and I'm going to read several passages of scriptures all in a row. So just listen, don't go to sleep on me. Okay. Because you're going to miss something. Because I want you to hear what he's saying. And I'll probably stop in between. But this is John chapter 14, verses 21 through 24. And this is out of the New Living. Because so I, I wanted to just do it in plain English to you. He said, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them. And I will reveal myself to each of them. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple by that name, said unto him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world? You guys need to understand the world's not going to know what you know unless they get saved. Don't expect them to understand what you're believing. Don't expect them to understand how you're walking. Amen? And for, for goodness sakes, don't agree with them. Hallelujah. Understand, you're the one that knows the truth. Amen. All right. Praise God. I could stay right there. We we wouldn't get anywhere farther. Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the father who sent me. Amen. This is uh, John 15, 9 through 17 out of the New Living. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Amen. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves or servants because a master doesn't confide in his slaves, but you are my friends. Since I have told you everything the father told me, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the father will give you whatever you ask for and using my name. This is my command. Love of each other. Amen. First John 5, 3 through 5 says this. Loving God means keeping his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome for every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith and who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the son of God. Amen. See, here's one of the biggest things. The Lord, I said, Lord, what do you mean by do I love you? And I, you know, of course, I understand that I know those Greek words, so I know how to answer right. <laughs> I know how to answer from my heart. I said, Lord, what is it? He said, well, the key is, is that when you love 
and you understand that you love me, you're going to do what I ask you to do. You're going to speak the way I ask you to speak. You know. And here's the thing about it is, and here's a statement that he shared with me. He, he said, if you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but you are clearly disobedient to his authority or to what he's asked you to do, then that becomes the most deceptive form of idolatry in your life. And I thought, I don't want to be deceptive. I don't want to be an idolatry. And he said, you know, what happens is you'll create a Jesus that doesn't confront the ungodly and doesn't confront the, the, the ungodly ways of the world. And you'll get into an agreement or you'll get into a way of not being standing up for truth. And he doesn't want all of us to be flaming evangelists. But in one sense of the word, what he wants us to be is he wants us to be Christians. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, now, now here's the, the scripture he brought me over to. And he said, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I want all of you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And now that I've got my introduction, we'll start. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. We had to set and lay some groundwork. Hallelujah. And God has something to say here at the end of the service. So you want to make sure by the spirit of God. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3 and 4, and I'm going to read out once again out of the New Living uh, because I think it helps us immensely because this is what I fear what goes on for the sake of, and understand what I'm saying here as a pastor, for the sake of you know, this big word called being tolerant or tolerance. You know, when I was, you know, doing things and stuff, people said, we well, just got to be tolerant. I said, the key is not being tolerant. Tolerant doesn't mean acceptance. Okay. But you have to understand, I, I can totally walk around and not have it bother me at all, you know, but I'm not going to be in agreement with it. Amen. I'm not going to accept that lie. I'm not going to accept that that's right. You know, just because the majority says it or just because they want to change things, just because they want to make things their way doesn't make it right. You know, I'm still going to go by what the Word of God says. But here, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3 says this, But I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted. Just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent, you happily put up with whatever anyone tells you. Now, I'm just reading from the New Living Translation, okay? I'm just, this is the Bible, okay? Even if they preach a different Jesus than the one we preached, or a different spirit, you know, or a different kind of spirit than the one you received, or a different kind of gospel than the one you believed, Remember what Paul said, if an angel or anybody preaches any other gospel than the one that we shared, then there should be accursed. Now see, the keys of the said, how, do you, how, how can you believe so right? You know, have you ever had somebody argue with you about, well, how do you know you're right? How do you know Christianity is right? How do you know you're right? I said, because it lines up with the Bible. Well, how do you know that's right? Because it produces life. It produced eternal life in me. Might be believing in John three sixteen that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe Him would not perish but have everlasting life. And if I can believe that, then Romans ten nine and ten that says that if I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus, I am saved, and I got transformed. I got born again. Hallelujah! With my heart, I believed in the right, but with my mouth, glory to God, I got born again, and salvation came. Amen. And I got changed. I got translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of His dear son. And so it says, how do we know that we pass from death to life? Because the Bible says we love the brethren. I got a love of God that's far greater than I ever had before. And I'm walking in peace and in joy. Hallelujah. And I don't want to go back. It's kind of like the old song and the old hymn that said, I saw the light. I saw the light. Amen. No more darkness. Amen. 
Hallelujah, no more night. See, the difference is, is that, see, we, we get a hold of, of what God's doing. Then we turn around and let somebody come in through philosophy or through all kinds of, you say, yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of nice. But let me just tell you what really needs to happen here. What it needs and, and this progressive gospel. Paul said, he, he was so concerned about the Corinthian church. He's like, what are you guys doing? I mean, you got, you're listening to every, you're, letting, you're just listening to what everybody else says and you're agreeing with them. How many of you know we can't get an agreement with the world? Listen, folks, they're going to get more crazier. You just, you know that, right? Hallelujah. They just are. We love them, but they, we, I mean, and listen, we want to minister the gospel to them. You know, people say, well, Jesus hung out with sinners. Yeah, but he changed everyone he hung out with. See, Jesus never became like them. People tell you all the time, oh, yeah, no, no, he never did. He changed them. When he was in there, he convicted them of sin. I mean, his very presence because of his holiness, because of his character, changed everything around. Amen. I mean, when the Roman soldiers came to arrest him, they turned around and came back, and the, and the people in the, in the synagogue and all the, the Pharisees said, hey, how come you didn't bring him? He said, ain't nobody ever talked like this guy. <laughs> they go like, who cares how he talks? Yeah, but he's got the power of God. Amen? See, people want to say things. But no, we want to reach the gospel. We want them to get born again. Amen? Hallelujah. We want them to know that. See, what happens is, is that we've, we've settled for a partial uh, counsel of the New Testament, especially on our definition of love. And then people have used 1 Corinthians 13, the definition of the Amplified, which is really cool because you need to have it for yourself and for the body of Christ. Amen? It's not talking about having it for the world. You know, we need to understand because love tells the truth. Love speaks the truth. I mean, if the bridge is out and the road is gone... Hallelujah. Amen. Then, then, you know, you're out there saying, hey, stop. And the cars don't want to stop. You're like, you know, and the car falls and drives off the cliff and everybody dies. Who's, whose fault is it? Theirs, right? You're trying to tell them to stop. You're trying to tell them to, hey, the road is gone. Amen. You know, I didn't tell you this, but Matt Beamer sent me a video of his team trying to get into to Turkey and everything else, and uh, where they were driving the video, the whole road was gone. You know, you see on, on you get to see on television where it's just gone from you know uh, you know hundreds of you know yards. It's just and and, and they're, so they they basically had to get out and and walk around on the side of the hill to to take things over to do it. It was pretty cool because that's I wasn't going to stop them just because they couldn't take their trucks. <laughs> You know, the, you know, being a missionary, you got to be a little crazy, okay? It's awesome. They love doing those things there. But that's just something else. And it just reminded me right there, man, you're, you're going to get there. But see, Paul, Paul declared, he said, he never stopped. He said, I didn't do this. Here's what he said. Here's the biggest thing he said in Acts chapter 20, verse 20 and 21. He said, I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear. I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear this morning. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. How do you stand strong in the things of God? And understand the love. Because we're going to talk about the love of God. We've got to understand how to, what does love do? Do you really love me? You know, do you love me? Is what God said. He said, do you love me? I said, okay, Lord, that's a big, that's a loaded question. I mean, do I love you enough? Probably not. That was my answer. Now, I know all of you think, well, no, probably not. I said, probably not. I'm probably not doing as much as I should. In fact, I know I'm not doing as much as I should. I probably haven't done enough. I, I love you, but when you give me that question, I know that because when my wife tells me that, I know I'm in trouble. <laughs> it was very easy for me to understand that. <sighs> you know, 
And uh, the cool thing about it is Pastor Pamela said, uh, you know, what's going on over there? I said, well, God's just talking to me right now. She said, well, I'm jealous. I said, you don't want to be jealous. It's, it's not, you know, he, he's dealing with me. He's messing with me. He's, he's just, he's giving me these loaded questions. He's throwing all these things at me. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. Okay. Hallelujah. Amen. But Paul said this. He said, I've never shrank back from telling you what you need to hear, either publicly or at home. I had one message for Jews and the Greeks alike, and it's the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and having faith in our Lord Jesus, hallelujah, and honoring him. Amen? One of the things that, you know, and of course, I don't know about you, but when God speaks to my heart, the very first thing I do is I check my heart. I check it, and I usually repent. I automatically do. I automatically repent. I say, Lord, if I haven't done, if I haven't done, I'm checking. I don't think I've done anything, but if, 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 if it's not the sins of commission I've done, but there may be some sins of omission, which I didn't do. Like you told me to do something, or you asked me to pray, and I said, well, Lord, I'll pray as soon as this is over. Or you asked me to do something. I said, well, Lord, okay, I'll take care of that later. It's all quiet in here. I know y'all perfect. You ever done that? But as a pastor, you know, he, he deals with me and I said, Lord, you know, what's happening and what goes on here? And, uh, you know, what I understand, see, because without repentance, and repentance is a word nobody really likes, but believe it or not, repentance is such a freeing word. When you truly repent, you truly ask God for forgiveness, it just sets you free. The devil can't use that, that, that against you anymore. See, you miss it, and when you repent and you give, say, God, forgive me, I sinned or I messed up here, and you get it out there, then when the devil tries to bring condemnation about that, it, it doesn't bother you because you know God's got it. See, 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all, all unrighteousness. But see, it's when you don't confess it, it's when you don't repent that it heaps up on you. And you keep feeling guilty and you keep feeling being condemned, condemnation and guilt keeps coming. And you never get set free. And you always are feeling bad. Y'all okay? I'm okay. I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. Amen. Because believe it or not, repentance is mandatory. It's not optional. See, sometimes we tell people, you know, we tell and it is the prayer. It is the prayer of you believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth the Lord Jesus. But you got to believe it. But it's also for you repenting and saying, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of the life that I was. And I'm going to change. I'm going to turn. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because you can't really have a genuine relationship with God until you have a genuine repentance. Because then that brings holiness. And see, people don't even like holiness because they think that's outward adornment. No, holiness is of your heart. And the Bible says, if we don't become holy, we're not going to see the Lord. We're going to see the Lord in the right way. Amen? Hallelujah. I mean, Jesus told us to repent so we could see the kingdom of God. Amen? And he told us what we needed to do in this. He said, hey, you know, as we do this, God will begin to show things. He'll begin uh, uh, to honor. And it's not that we look around to try to find sin. It just simply means that, man, when we miss it, let's immediately take hold. Let's immediately get forgiveness. Let's immediately get things. And let's be obedient because he said, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. We know that his commandments are not grievous because the commandment we have in the New Testament is the commandment to love. But people have this really misconception. We're about to have Valentine's Day here and it's a whole misconception of love because love speaks the truth. Love acts into it. Faith doesn't work without love. Faith works by love. That's why people's faith don't work a lot because they don't understand the love of God. God's going to tell you the truth. He loves you too much to leave you the same way you are because he has so much for you. 
He has so much for you and I. He has so much. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And here's what happened. Remember Paul told the Galatians church? You remember that story over in Galatians chapter 4? He said this, have I become your enemy now that I'm telling you the truth? It's so funny. In the New Living Translation, one part, the very first part, before he gets into that, he says, where is that joyful and grateful spirit you felt? He said, you lost your joy. You know why you lost your joy is because you stopped doing something God told you to do. The word of God didn't, hasn't stopped becoming life to you because you stopped doing at a point in your life where you were supposed to do something and you stopped and you just put, you know, kind of went over on it. And say, well, I, you know, the word of God is not really life to you anymore. You better go back to where it should have been and go back to it because if, if you don't get excited about the Bible, you don't get excited about when you hear the word of God, then you know there's a part that you haven't been doing. Oh, Lord, I stand before these folks with fear and trembling, but we're doing it. <laughs> you, th- you know, I, I mean, yeah. I, you know, I was having a real good time, just relaxing, watching the beach, and God just said, do you love me? I said, Lord, you know I love you. What's going on? He said, let me tell you what you need to do. I said, oh, glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. God. God's amazing of what he can do. Amen. So wonderful. Hallelujah. We see the things. Why is it so important? Because we've got to keep our heart pure. Because guess what, folks? Right now, we need to be listening to what the Spirit of God is saying. We have a lot of hunger and a desire that's falling around the earth right now that God's doing. God's going to take everything the devil has meant for evil. And God's going to turn around and make it good. He's going to cause the gospel to go forth. He's going to cause the power of God. You've got people that are hungry and desiring for God. And so God's going to move. There's going to be, there's going to be pockets of fire. And there's going to be fire at Harvest Bible Church. I, I am bound and determined to believe that. And so, you know, if I have to be the first thing to do it, if I have to do that, then I'm going to be that. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, and I mean... It, it, it's like, hey, I just realized, okay, Lord, is there something I'm doing or not doing that I should have done? And, you know, we can always dig up something if you want to. But the key is when you ask God in a sincere heart, he'll always show you things. You don't have to go find it. It's easy to do. God's not hiding it from us. Amen? He's not. He's not. And he's listen. And that's why the biggest thing is that, no, God's not become our enemy because he's telling us the truth. Glory to God. He is enabling us. He's showing us things to come. Amen? He really is. He really is. Hallelujah. He wants Christ to be developed in us. Amen. You know, somebody asked me a question one time. They said, well, we still got to do the Ten Commandments and the Old and the New Testament. All we have is just one commandment. I said, well, you know, we do, but you have to understand is that there's over 500 scriptures in the New Testament that tells us or, um, well, believe it or not, there's over 500 commands in the New Testament of things and thoughts that we're not supposed to have. I know you knew, all knew that, that there was over 500 things, times that Jesus or Paul or Peter or James said, don't do this, don't think like this, don't act like this. You know, you all read the New Testament and everything, you understand that, but, you know, it talks about how we're supposed to deal with our thoughts and our behaviors, amen? Amen? <laughs> Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, this is the hard scripture here, but you know what, we've got to talk about it. Listen, you have to understand, I'm not judging anybody. I love everybody, but sin is sin. And, and you have to understand that when people do things, we're, not con- we just, we, we're just not accepting those things. We love them enough to love them out of it. I'll help them. I'll do whatever. But I'm not going to agree with them and say it's okay and you're okay and that means you're going to make heaven because you're not. That, you can't do that. 
folks, we can't do it. We have so much mixture in the body of Christ right now. And I know you think I'm getting up here preaching holiness, and I am. But the key is that I'm preaching it right, okay? We're going to preach it in, in the loving. And listen, I love you. I lay down my life for every person. I love it. Even though that's my heart. But my heart is you got to speak the truth in love. If we don't speak the truth in love, we're not going to grow up. We're not going to be able to stand. We're not going to be able to reach out with love in somebody and tell them the truth. Amen? Because we've got a society. We've got so many people that are saying all kinds of stuff that just doesn't work. Amen? First Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. These are the scriptures nobody likes, okay? And uh, New, New Living Translation says, it says, Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Now, let's just stop right there. Listen, all of us have missed it. Let's, all of us have missed it, okay? But it's a continual thing. It's a continual thing. It's he who practices and says, hey, I, I can do this and I'm okay. You know? You can't. Do you know what's funny that in Revelation it says, do you, do you know what it says? All these will have their place in the lake of fire. Do you know what the top one is? All, what's the very first thing? All liars. Holy cow. <laughs> All liars. <laughs> that's, the top, that's the top of the first of the list. That almost eliminates everybody in the world. <laughs> but the key, the key is, thank God for forgiveness. I understand this is not for condemnation or guilt, but, but it's for, hey, we need to. Now, let's read this. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or who commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or are greedy people or drunkards or abusive or cheap people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. And some of you were just like that. You were once like that. But you were now cleansed and you were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. You got born again. So you tell people, say, hey, listen, you can't help the way you are, but if you get born again, God can set you free. Amen? God can set you free. Hallelujah. Because, you know, here's the, here's the biggest problem is, is that everybody believes that God's love and Jesus' blood is strong enough to, to uh, deliver us from the penalty of sin, but it's not strong enough to deliver us from the bondages of sin. What it means is, hey, well, I can accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I'm saved, but I just can't help myself because I have flesh. So God's blood, God's power is big enough to, oh, yeah, I got salvation because I believe in that, but I'm going to continue in my sin because I can't help myself. That doesn't work. I know, y'all didn't know you were coming to a crazy thing this morning, but I can't help what God said. I had a whole week to do these things here. And y'all know I love you, all right? And, and uh, you know, we're broadcasting this live. It may get taken down, but we don't know. We're going to have fun. No matter what, it's out there. I'm going to get it out there. We get censored. We're okay. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. And now let me read to you from 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. It says, my dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. Amen. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. And not only for our sins, but the sins of the whole world. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar. And is, and is not living in the truth. 
But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. This is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Amen? Now, 1 John chapter 3, this is the one he actually brought me to first and everything kind of backed up to everything. He said, listen to this. And this is 1 John chapter 3 verses 1 through 10 of the New Living says this. It says, see how very much our father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us that what we will be like when Christ appears, but we do know that when we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure just as he is pure, or they'll keep themselves holy just as he is holy. Everyone who sinned is breaking God's law, for all sin is contrary to the law of God. Amen? And you know that Jesus came to take away our sins, and there is no sin in him. And anyone who continues to live in him will not sin. But anyone who continues to keep on sinning does not know him or understand who he is. Dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it shows that they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil, who has been sinning since the beginning. But the God, or but the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning. Aren't you glad for that? Because God's life is in them, so they can't keep on sinning, amen? Because they are children of God. So now we can tell who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love others, other believers, does not belong to God. It's a tough, 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 tough scriptures, but you need to understand what he's talking about here. Is that when you get born of God, doesn't mean you're not going to mess up, doesn't mean you're not going to stop, doesn't mean you're not going to sin. Simply means we, we have an advocate with the Father that we can get forgiveness. But that doesn't mean we keep on sinning. Amen? God says, God forbid. Amen? Because the Bible says in, in Romans chapter 6, you know, where sin doth abound, grace does much more abound. But that doesn't mean we keep sinning. That Because we allow the grace of God. What he's saying here is, listen, if somebody continually is practicing sin, they're not born of God no matter how much they confess God. We have to understand that because so, you're going to see people. You've got, we've got whole uh, people. We've got churches. We've got all kinds of things around uh, you know, that they're gathering together. They're proclaiming the names of Christ, but their whole actions and their whole attitude and their whole demeanor is not of God. And they're saying God's okay with that. God's not okay with that, okay? And see, it's tough as, 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 as the body of Christ. And we, but here's the thing. If you judge them, you're wrong. But you judge what they're doing, you're right. We don't know their hearts. We don't know what's going on, but we do know that God can set them. We knew the same power, that, that same blood that can deal with the penalty of sin, hallelujah, can deal with the bondages of sin. 
Because so many people are held in bondage. And even in the body of Christ, even in a lot of things with us, is that what happens is, is that, you know, <laughs> here it is, you know, we, we believe in the truth of Jesus Christ, that we get born again, he makes us holy, and yet we don't believe we need to be sanctified, or we know we need to make our lives holy, then we're in trouble. And if we get a holier and thou attitude, that I'm better than you, then we're even more trouble. Because pride goes before a fall. And see, that's the love of God. We want, they're deceived. But the bad thing is, is there's so many Christians that are, are deceived into thinking that they can't get out. They believe that Jesus is there. They really truly do, but they think that the power of God's not greater enough to deal with the bondage. You know, it's one thing to be set free, but it's a whole nother thing to be made free. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Hallelujah. And I want to make you free. Hallelujah. I want to make, I want to get people born into the kingdom of God. I truly do, but I'm not going to condone it with sin. I'm not going to condone it with it's okay. Amen. You can't do that. See, Jesus said, do you love us? Yeah. Then you're going to keep my commandments. You're going to repent. You're going to do the things that I've asked you to do. And see, we as the body, we need it so that we can see it, so that our faith is not in the wisdom of men. It's not in this. It is in the power of God, which is in the word of God, which enables us. Amen? See, because here's the thing. Uh, wow. It's, it's, I got to hurry up here. <sighs> I know. It's a, you, you want this, I wanted this sermon to be so short. I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to preach your brother's self-sermon, about 22 minutes. But, but it's not doing there. It's not going there. It's already way past that. So we're already done. We've already shot ourselves in that. Amen. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because I want you to have godly sorrow. I want the body of Christ to have godly sorrow. There's two kinds of sorrows in the world. And I'm going to close with it. I'm going to round this thing up. I think. You know, somebody says, are you going to do part two of this? No. As of right now, no. We're just going to blast this out there. Let God be God. And then we'll, we'll pick up the pieces later. See what happens. It's all good. I love you guys. I really do. I really do. And, uh, but here's the problem is, is that most people, and even Christians, have a worldly sorrow. They don't have a godly sorrow. The difference between a godly sorrow and a worldly sorrow is like Saul and David. You remember when Samuel came down and he talked to Saul and he said, Saul, you blew it. And Saul blamed the people. He blamed this, blamed this. Finally, he said, he said, okay, okay, Samuel, I've sinned. Now, now come out of here and tell everybody I've sinned and that you're going to restore me because I don't want to lose what I got. I don't want to lose my salvation or I don't want to lose my kingdom. I don't want to lose these things. I, it's all about what I'm going to lose. It really didn't happen about what he sinned or things there. He said, see, worldly sorrows, I mean, I'm sorry I got caught, but how do I regain what I lost? It doesn't work that way. See, godly sorrow says, I've sinned against the Lord. It's not that I blew it here. I sinned against the Lord. And what happened is, is I broke fellowship with my father. And I need my fellowship back. I need my intimacy back. I need my, my relationship is still there, but my fellowship isn't there. So my power has gone out of my life. See, because when I missed it, it doesn't mean I, my relationship's still there, but my fellowship isn't there. My power is gone. See, I have to, that my faith should not stand in the wisdom, in, but in the power of God. It's in the gospel. So I've got to confess I've sinned against the Lord. I've messed up. I broke it. I didn't do what God wanted me to do. I didn't do what he did. So here's, I've got to get my fellowship because, Lord, I want to know you. I want to be, it's what you that I want. Not, you know, I don't care if I get back anything. I've got to have you. 
I don't care if I get back into this or get back to have that. I have to have you. I have to have you. It doesn't matter about anything else. I'm just sorry that I disappointed you. I'm so sorry that I didn't do what you wanted me to do. Amen? It's a big difference. Because then you can be in God begin to mold you and he can begin to help you. He can begin to do things. Hallelujah. So, you know, and when we see this, what happens is we think, okay, yeah, I love God. But do you love him? And God's asking that question, do you love me? And if you love me, then you're going to do what I've asked you to do. You're going to do the commandments. You're going to have a commandment to love around you. But you're also going to have the commandments to speak the truth. But you're going to have this relationship with him that sets you free. Not only that you get set free, but you, are, you begin to be made free. And it's so much to where that sin no longer has control over you. Amen? And God's a jealous God. He wants us to come back. And he wants to hold us up. And he's going to hold us up. Amen? But listen, no matter how sweet they are, no matter how nice they seem, no matter what goes on, if they're not doing the things of God, if they're continually practicing sin, they're just sweet sinners. Okay? They're just nice, you know, but they're still going to die lost and go to hell. And it's sad because there's a lot of, because they've been deceived. And if the Satan could deceive Eve in a perfect garden, in a perfect place, you can see how everybody else is deceived. And the reason I know God shared with me is because he wants us as the body of Christ that there's a repentance that needs to come that we begin to say, Lord, I love you, but how do I love you? Do I, do I just like you or do I really love you? Am I really willing to, to, to lay down my life? I don't want anything to be between us. I want to honor you. I want to love you. Amen? I want our relationship and our fellowship. I know that our relationship, because I know I've accepted you. I know that I'm born again because of what the word of God says. But I also know that I want our fellowship. Amen? Do you love me? Do you love me? Amen. Bow your heads. As you take heed to what you've heard and you take heed to what you hear, understand that I, the Lord God, am a jealous God and I desire you to be holy and you to be pure so that I can do all that I need to do in your life so that I can bring to you all of the things that I want to bring to you and to allow you to be the light that I've called you to be to those that are around you. And understand and know that you have thought that if I stand for righteousness and truth, then nobody will want to be. But when you stand in righteousness and truth with a heart of love, with a kindness, with my heart and with my love, it doesn't repel, it draws. Because there's a conviction, there's a strength 
in righteousness and truth. There's a strength in knowing who you are and what you have. There's a strength, hallelujah, in understanding ah, that I stand with you and stand behind you. As I have declared and said that as in the days of Noah, so shall the end times be. That Noah stood alone, but he stood as one righteous. He stood as one believing me and being obedient to what I commanded him to do. And he did it for years and years and years. And those things which I've commanded unto you are those things which I've spoken unto you. Because as you know that when I speak my word and when I declare my word or when I speak to you, it is a command. It is uh, uh, the commandments of those things. Because those things that I speak, they don't return unto me void, but they accomplish the things whereunto I sent it. And so those things that I've spoken are still out there. They're still, and they still need to be accomplished in your life. And they will be, says the Lord. They will be. But don't bring condemnation and guilt because thinking what I've done or who am I. No, let this be forgiveness and grace that pours forth over you. Let the love that I have for you change you and know that I can take you out of the situations that you're in, that I can change your life, that I can change who you are and make you into who you need to be. So don't let the enemy bring condemnation or guilt because there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit of God. And all we do is we repent, which simply means we say, Father, forgive me. I repent. I I want to do good. I desire. I'm going to turn and go around and turn and go the opposite direction. I'm going to go and do what you've called me to do, Father. And I'm going to honor you. And I'm going to honor you in it. Hallelujah. And now, Father, I pray as the pastor of Harvest Bible Church. Father, I pray for each and every one, those that are here and those that are watching and those that come across this. And, you know, my heart today is, is, is so wanting to let people know we've got to walk in the truth. But we've got, because there's got to be a standard that's raised up in the body of Christ that people can see truth, that they can see the love of God. No, we're not going and condemning and attacking. No, but when confronted and when asked, we're going to speak the truth in love. And when those that come in contact, we're going to pray because we're praying that their eyes be enlightened and praying that their eyes be open because your heart is you don't want any to perish. You want everyone to be born again. You want everybody. Jesus died for the whole world. He died for the whole world. Oh, Father. And we want the whole world to be born again, to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So, Father, make us true witnesses. Let us understand how important it is that when you ask us to do, that we we heed your call. We heed your voice. Hallelujah. And we lay aside everything else and we do what you've called us to do. Father, thank you that we are headed in that direction as the body of Christ. And the first thing we do is we repent. We repent for not doing, you know, we can all know that there's things we can do, but we repent of those things that you make known unto us. And now, Lord, if there's anybody here as I shift gears, and if there's anybody here that doesn't know Jesus, that doesn't know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, they may know about him, they believe in him, but they really don't know. They really don't say, if Jesus asks them, do you love me? What does that mean? 
Have I accepted him as my Lord and my Savior? Do I love him enough to say, Lord Jesus, I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you're my Lord and Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sins. I repent and I stand before you and let you cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Let you just pour in. Hallelujah. And I become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And so if you're here, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, we're in an attitude of reverence. But if you're here and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, or you've been playing games and you know that you're not right with God, and you need to become right with God, you need to repent, you need to get your heart right with God this morning. Hallelujah. Because it's the truth. It's the truth. I've just read you scriptures. I haven't expounded on it, tried to beat anybody up. I love you with all my heart. But if you're here, and you need Jesus to be the Lord of your life, whether coming to him for the first time or the 50th time, but you know your heart. Raise your hand real high. Let's pray. Let's not let, don't let leave this place without getting your heart right. Hallelujah. Don't let the devil beat you up. Amen. Anywhere, anybody. Hallelujah. All right. Well, then glory to God. Lift up your heads. Lift up your eyes. This message was all for you guys. Amen. It was all for the body of Christ. And the key is, I'm glad that it's called, do you love me? <laughs> you know, because it is. Because God loves you so very, very much. And we've got to stand for righteousness. We've got to stand for truth. If we don't, the world's not going to know what to do. They're not going to know who to run to, who to talk to. They need to talk to you. Hallelujah. And we're not bashing anybody. We're not going out. But we are speaking the truth in love. Amen. I hope all of you come back next week. Hope all of you watch next week. We're going to be different. But you know what? God is so good. Let's all stand up. Our prayer team is going to be up here to pray with you. I love you with all of my heart. God bless all of you. You guys are all so precious. I am going to go back and be brave. I'll shake your hands. I love you. God bless you. You're dismissed. <laughs>